This week, we take to the skies, wind under our wheels, ready to open our wings. And I attempt to stick my emblem on Simka's bum. For parts, of course. I'm Kyle. And I'm Garrett. And we watch anime. Garrett, this week we go back in time to an era of Linkin Park, X Games, and Janko Jeans. A time when you were still trolling them all and I was still frosting my tips. This is a show that so resembles the era in both theme, music, and style that I feel I need to be snacking on gushers while writing boobs on my TID83 calculator while watching it. That's where we want to tackle the action sports rollerblading adventure known as Air Gear. But before we get here, what are new fans going to be expecting from this show? Uh, they should go to their cabinet, they should take out the blender, they could put in equal parts of the movie Airborne, Fast and the Furious, and a little bit of nipple, and just yes. blend it all together. Get that stuff to frappe, right? Yes. So, this show is, I think, is, is a unique thing to talk about for many, many reasons, but... What I really like about this show more than anything, it's very quintessentially of its time mm -hmm. and really gave me a lot of nostalgia. But for those out there who haven't watched the show before, uh, we're going to be talking about the show Air Gear, which came out in 2002. The anime came out in 2006. So this is like an early 2000s turn of the millennium style property. Um, the author's name is O Great. And, uh, <laughs> and, and he is legit a madman. We're going to give him a second after. Uh, this show is the quintessential turn of the millennium stuff. It's got baggy clothes. We have rap rock fusion. We got rollerblading, you mm -hmm. know. But while you were watching this gear, before we start, like, did it make you feel like you were in your junior, senior year of high school watching it? It actually brought me back younger. While, while I just made the quip about the three things being blended together, it yeah. really did remind me of one of my absolute favorite movies growing up, which was Airborne. Mm -hmm. If you're not familiar with it, and anyone under the age of us probably <laughs> isn't, because it came out in 1993, but it's this fish-out-of-water story where kids get shipped from his L.A. surf town to Cincinnati, Ohio. And clearly, there's no waves in the Ohio River, man. And so he ends up getting into these, like, battle feuds of rollerblading with other kids in the high school fighting for this one girl's attention and for yeah. respect along the way. And it was legit a movie that I, I recorded on of, um, on a VHS and would like rewatch time and time again. And this brought me there. Right. It's the music was very like rap rock. And it was also like very early Nujabe sounding, which I liked um, right around the time of Samurai Shampoo. So very much in that, in that key moment. Uh, it's a trip though. This show is a trip. It's wild. And for me, for all the stuff that we watched, this kind of formulaic, it was kind of refreshing to me mm -hmm. to be able to just like go into this, like, remember when Mighty Ducks had, was like ruled the world. That's what it seemed like to me. You right. know? A lot right. of like, you know, kids being free and doing all that stuff. So for it me, it was I, a simpler I, time. It was a simpler time when like the coolest thing out there was like the X Games and and right. you know, Tony Hawk Pro Skater. And we were all drinking Surge. Yes, this this is a show that had I watched it at its time, I would be chugging Surge down and eating 3D Doritos. That's exactly what I'd be doing. <laughs> hey man, 3D Doritos just came back. They so, did. Like, oh my god. Well, <laughs> for all of you kids out there, now you can enjoy what I did, what I ate a lot in my in my uh, early teen years. What What was this snack we uh, everyone put on their fingers? It was bugles. Bugles. 
Those taste kind of like butt, in my opinion, but... Yeah. yeah but a lot I of people like the, the, the... With the theory of putting them on your fingers, that was enough for a lot of people. I, I, went, I went through a brief period where I thought munchies were really, really great, and then I grew past that period. But anyway. <laughs> but then I had a mortgage and, and a marriage, and I decided I was an adult at that point. So, no, 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 because I, I still drink Mountain Dew all the time, and I got my wife to try it for the first time in her life. She's never uh, had Mountain Dew before? Huh? She's never had Mountain Dew before? No, and she tried it, and she goes, why does it taste like that? <laughs> You're like, because get you ready for the game, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, I'll let you try Game Fuel. <laughs> oh, so, anyway, which is the oh, color so, yeah, of this is This was of a time, of a place, brought you back, uh, at least brought people of our generation back, and even people who are 10 years older than us in their mid to late 40s. I'm sure they could mm-hmm. relate to uh, a time of more like carefree innocence. It, it mm-hmm. reminded me of when I would hang out with my buddies and we would play roller hockey in the street, mm-hmm. and we would just basically be a bunch of layabout do-nothings, and <laughs> uh, uh, it was cool. But it's basically like... It's, it's it, You know how we watch a lot of shows and the theme of the show is whatever the theme of the show ends up being like the world revolves around it. Yeah. So it's weird to think that there's like this world that revolves around a very specific hobby, right? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't benefit society at all. That doesn't do anything particularly well. In fact, it makes kids like do very dangerous things. Yeah. But at the same time, the world revolves around it. So I thought mm-hmm. it was really pretty interesting. But before we get to the title, before yeah. we get to the, the show altogether, I got to give a second to highlight the madman that is O'Great. Um, re- his name is Ogure Ito. So when you say that kind of like like anglification of the word Ogurito, it sounds like O'Great, Greto. So, mm-hmm. so that's why his name is that. But he, so his story is, is that he acquired a debt playing pachinko and he entered a manga contest for the award money to get out of his debt. Mm-hmm. And so he made his debut in an adult manga called Manga Hot Milk in <laughs> 1995. And the name of his manga was called September Kiss. Um, <laughs> and he was, he was actually before he did, and you can kind of see it in this show. This show's a little pornographic too, but mm-hmm. like he made most of his money and most of his titles were based on etchy series and specifically pornographic series. Right. There's one called Silky Whip that is one of his more famous shows. Silk stockings. So this man, like, is a dirty man mm-hmm. who wrote dirty manga and got really famous also of two properties. This one and Bake Monogatari, which is one that we'll talk about as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and he has a very specific style. He doesn't, mind, he doesn't mind leaning into sex. He really doesn't mind leaning into violence. Mm-hmm. So this this is kind of like his, like, way of going pop for that. Like, just right. how can we go mainstream with it? But... So let's give like a general idea of what the show is about. Gary, give a give a synopsis of what Air Gear is about. Uh, right. So we have our main character Itsuki Iki Minami. Um, he is a high school student because everyone who lives in Japan is a high school student. Right. Everybody's the same age. We don't see adults, and the only thing is the adults right. that serve the hobby of the kids. Right. And high school students can both look like they're nine or fifty-two. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's from all, it's from all that what's called, it's from all that manga hot milk they're drinking. I, I won't use his real name. The only person who ever really like fit that for us was growing up. There was a kid we went to high school with, and I'll go by his nickname because he hasn't given us permission to be on. Right, right, right. He went by Fitz. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. He was like a forty-eight-year-old man in in like a sixteen-year-old's body. Yeah, and he like, would, he like, literally um, came to class and had like skull in his lip. <laughs> 
Like, in, like, math class. <laughs> is he 13? Is he 27? Who knows? Like, right. the- <laughs> um, so, so, Iki, Iki inexplicably, inexplicably lives with, like, five hot women. Yeah, uh, it, pretty it's much, It's borderline yeah. harem to start. Because right. And it just splashes you right in it. It's like, this guy, by the way, your main character, you're going to like him. He also hangs out with a whole bunch of hot sisters. <laughs> Right. He, he, and they took him into this house that all these girls live with without parental supervision. Right. There was nowhere else for him to live naturally. Right. 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 Exactly. Uh, he's got two, he's got two best friends. Uh, mm-hmm. One with inexplicably large lips. Like right. yeah. lips that take up half the size of his face. <laughs> and, um, and in this high school, he, he starts, uh, he learns about this thing, I guess they're called ATs or air tracks. Air tracks, yeah, yeah. So imagine if you had two-wheeled rollerblades, which I don't know why they didn't just make real rollerblades. Right, exactly. Okay, imagine if Wile E. Coyote had rollerblades from Acme. <laughs> they would have rockets on them so that he could chase the Roadrunner. And so that's the essence of this show is Acme created these air tracks, which are our rollerblades with these little gear engines in them that give yeah. you four kilowatts of energy or whatever. Right. Random number. Apparently scientists said like, we did this for a specific reason. Right. But then people took it and made rollerblades out of it. Like imagine like this amazing technology of like yeah. engineering fate. People are like, you know what we need to do with this? We need to skate on these. My man. But, but they're also like 10%. Nickelodeon moon shoes because you you I get if you put an engine in a wheeled v- vessel like a, a boot that right. it will help you go forward how does it help you leap 70 feet into the right air? and and do like grinds with with ease like there's nothing stopping right. you from going around up a flagpole <laughs> that's it, 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 you're right. And it does like have that kind of like Looney Tunes physics and stuff like that. Right. Uh, so so yeah. what Iki does is once he gets into air treks is he realizes um, that there are these, there's this group of people called storm riders. Mm-hmm. And so basically when you were a kid and you'd walk by a park and you were with your grandma and she said, you see those kids don't ever become those kids. Those yeah. kids are storm riders. <laughs> and it's a group of gangs or right. cliques or groups Um, and every group has, uh, these badges that are unique to them. These badges, the names, I don't know. They're the Latin Kings. They're the Bloods, the Crips. (laughs) The Skull Satyrs and what we got learned of the Red The Forest Dwellers. I don't know. (laughs) They have some, they have some wild names, but, uh, yeah, the first one we meet is the Skull Satyrs, which are like, you know, if you couldn't say more, I'm the villain of this story. Right. And, and to your point. I guess sort of his introduction into the world is he gets his butt whooped and he wets his pants uh, while he's getting beat up by a member of the Skull Satyrs. And in his mind, the only way to get these guys back is to enter this world himself because naturally Mm -hmm. you, you go from nothing to being a wonderful skater immediately. But that's, that's sort of in a, yeah, it's it's more of a framework than it is like a linear story with like a lot of conflict to it. You know, it's mm-hmm. more like 
the idea of the show is that Iki discovers this thing that makes him feel really free and really mm-hmm. special, and he just wants to take it to the limit as much as he can. You might even say that the little crow has found his wings. Yeah, that's another thing. He had this. This main character is not just any main character. He's a guy who keeps a freaking bird in his hair. Like that's one of his deals. The, the, bir- the bird also protects his modesty because he's constantly censoring his junk. That's true. This was a day in which they didn't figure out the whole, like, blur half the screen censorship. They're like, well, let's just put the logo on the thing. I'm like, oh, 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 I must prefer it. Right in front of the junk. Yeah. I, I hate I hate that blur line. I know. I, I prefer it this way. And it's actually funnier if you do it that way. Like, if you're trying to do, like, nudity and etchy stuff for a comedic effect, then you might as well do that. That's, like, really, really funny stuff. Right. So, yeah. So, let's. Just, I, I'm going to just kind of, like, run through the, the people that you meet in the beginning. The first thing is that uh the girls that he lives with are all sisters um and weirdly enough they're all named after fruit which is kind of weird so because you, they're all sweet and delicious they're all sweet delicious and ripe and uh, <laughs> i don't know so first we got rika who is like the early 20s girl so i guess she is if this was party of five she would be the 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 fox and character. Dev campbell yeah no he'd be the fox character he'd be the like the old one that was oh matthew to, fox matthew fox right <laughs> that takes care of everybody and then, because well, well, like the oldest one was Fox and the younger one was named Wolf, which is like crazy to me. But <laughs> so Nev Campbell, the second one down would be Mekon. Uh, by the way, Rika, her name means pear. So that's mm-hmm. one thing. The second one, Mekon means orange. And she she's funny because she's like the rough and tumble like tomboy. Mm-hmm. But she also gets like him in wrestling moves. So like he'll break stuff in them and she'll like get him in a pile driver. Stones him all the time. She like stone cold stuns him in the middle of the room. I just love that. That's like a favorite thing for me is like getting guys in like a line tamer while he's just like, how dare you break the toilet? Ah! So, (laughs) and then we get like kind of the love interest slash girl that's his age, but she's kind of the, the, the meek sister with glasses. Uh, Her name's Ringo, which means apple. She's kind of the romantic foil and one of the protagonists of the show. She is the Rachel Lee Cook of the show. She's the Rachel Lee Cook of the show. Basically, and she's a hottie with a body, but they put her in pigtails and glasses, and you're like, ew, Ringo, gross, gross, what happened? Paint-covered overalls, pig, you. <laughs> and then we get Shira Ume, who is the, which means white plum, and she is a, she is weird in that she's a lolly girl, but she also makes, like, voodoo dolls mm-hmm. like that's her hobby and uh they all all house him and they're like you shouldn't do air treks and so what does he do instead he goes i'm gonna find out and do air treks so right it's a very interesting foil for a guy that basically just falls in love with a ho- hobby and the strange underground culture of it now before we get into the story let's get to the meat of the subculture because i think that that's what drives the story right and because you, what's going to happen is nothing's going to happen or like races happen or they're gonna he's gonna like mess with the sisters or they're gonna right. have stuff happen and then someone for like two minutes is gonna run really quickly through the whole culture world building of the thing it's like spitfire right. flies in and like episode five and like skids his his yeah. fire down and he's like by the way this is the whole world in two seconds <laughs> all right bye and he flies away so i, I was, was watching it i was like oh there's fire crotch i mean spitfire spitfire <laughs> who literally has fire coming out of his wheels that's how good he how fast he is mm-hmm. so let's go to the meat of the subculture so yeah as you said usually at riders they join gangs um and the reason why is like much like 
you know, most skaters out there, they like having turf and like things that like areas that they love to skate. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that like, you know, get off my turf. I'm going to be doing my, my rail grinds here. I'm going to be doing my 50 fifties and my nollies and my ollies all in this area. Right. And so your idea is that you want to join a gang so that you can operate the territories and use it for, for your rollerblading AT hobby. Right. What happens is, is if a gang wants to get in on your turf, instead of, um, direct violence like you would see in the streets of, of the world now or doing dance fighting like you would see in uh in you know like west side story right. you know they what you do is you take a, a sticker which is your emblem and you put it on top of someone else's mm-hmm. and that starts a battle you know and you can basically it becomes like fast and the furious where you fight for pinks you know yes. Where you try to get your, you know. Well, because the moment you are beaten, your crew has to disband. It has to disband. And, like, if you have any nice gear, you can get their wheels and their, all that stuff. So that, and that kind of leads into, like, one of the main foils of the show, which is that the parts war. Which is you're trying to get better at parts and stuff like that. And before we get more into that meat, I want to, like, there's a central, like, independent character who's also, like, like, flirty and pink haired mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Let's talk about Simcoe a little bit. Like what's her, what's right. her character? Well, so we're first introduced with Simcoe when Iki comes upon a bunch of these ne'er-do-wells in a park. Which honestly to me looked like the beginning of the Warriors. Like the, <laughs> can you dig it? Like I was expecting that to happen. <laughs> and, and so he sees these, uh, he see, he's hanging out with these ne'er-do-wells and yes. Um, he sees this girl Simka, Simka and he's mm-hmm. like, whoa. Mm-hmm. And through, I forget the exact circumstance, but he gets a chance to flirt with her and she gives him like an emblem as like, a, not a charm. A, no, he steals an emblem from, he steals an emblem from his house. Oh, that says, that's right. I'm sorry. Steals, forest on it. Yeah. He steals an emblem from his house and he ends up chasing Simka so she's like, oh, you want to put your sticker on me? Well, you got to get me first. And he's like, yeah. He's like licking the sticker. I'm going to put my sticker on He's like ready to lick and snack. And so it, he snack chases her around and he actually catches her because I think she stops. Right. And he slaps the sticker on her butt, but he slaps it on top of a skull satyr sticker. Mm-hmm. And he has no idea what this means. And it's funny because they gave him an out. Right, Simka's like, just tell him that you didn't, you didn't know what the, what that meant. Yeah. You know, it was an honest mistake. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm gonna do this anyway. I have no idea what I'm doing. I just started doing this yesterday, so I'm gonna fight. Right. Which, which, by the way, part of the like the thing behind this is is that on one level, he's this prodigy who mm-hmm. is, you know, he's got some goods. He knows how to AT, but yeah. on the other one is he's asking his sister or not his sister, but one of the sisters, Ringo, yeah. to teach him the basics. And she's like teaching him how to walk in mm-hmm. one scene. So yeah. you're like, well, what is he? Is he an expert or is he? He's kind of like, yeah, he's kind of a learn as you do kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, but I'd be, here's the thing. I tried skateboarding and snowboarding a few times. I can tell you every time I've tried something like that, I've eaten it at least five to six times before I give up. The fact that he's not like seriously injured learning this, like, right. And he's not like, here's the thing that people need to know about air gear. You don't just like rollerblade down the street. Mm-hmm. You, like 
leap over overpasses onto the roofs of houses, which are like not well positioned to begin with. If 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 Wiley Coyote had Acme rollerblades and practiced parkour. Yes. <laughs> I wish Wiley Coyote said something so that I could tease the like the accent. So, I'm like, so, what so, did Wiley Coyote say? <laughs> so so he he's always admired air treks, and that's another thing. We know how quickly rollerblades came in and out of our lives. Right, exactly. Yet somehow air treks or ATs, we'll call them from here on out, right. have this legendary lore. And you're like, how long have these been around? Like <laughs> six months? It's like but, people think that like devil sticks had actual devils in them. <laughs> you know? So, uh, so I, I might have misspoke because uh, when he sees Simka in the park, that's not actually the first time he's seen her. It's the first time he has a chance to interact with her. Right. But he is actually what you would call a creeper. And, <laughs> and she practices flying, leaping, bouncing off of walls and, and roofs all over the city. He's a good AT trek, a storm rider herself. Right. And he knows her practice routes. So he sits underneath on the ground to watch her like fly above him, mm -hmm. like yeah. on the reg. Yeah. And she also like, she encourages sexual behavior from Iki on her too. So it's not like he's yeah. like, it's not like he's like, he's like, Hey baby, what's up? And she's like, Oh, leave me alone. She's like, ah, I want to put your face here. <laughs> like she's like that too. So yeah. it's not like he's doing anything weird for it. Yes. And so he gets himself into essentially battles over the next couple episodes. We only, you only got to episode five. Um, I've read the manga for a good deal. So like, it was really good just to refresh where it started yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but he, in order to get like an idea, more of an idea, because like the thing about this show is that it's both ridiculous, but like weirdly specific at the same time. Like the amount of detail you have to remember just to get this story mm -hmm. while at the same time, nothing happening during like a lot of large stretches of time is astounding. And it was one of those things like for me as someone who's like attention deficit, I had trouble reading this, but I liked it so much that I kept reading it. Yeah. Um, the level of detail that they make you do. So more meat to the culture as he challenges people is that the parts war is events are based on how, what rank you are. Yeah. So you can be, you want You start at F and you want to work your way up to a, there's no okay. S class here. So, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> and so he's kind he's kind of at the F tier. Now, depending on what level you are, the way you challenge people dictates the event that you do in this world. Right. So, it's if you're an F tier, you do a, what's called a dash, which is a simple race. Yeah, you know, point A to point B. Yeah. We saw him do that with the skull satyrs. Yeah. Um. You maybe maybe talk through that one as I walk through this thing. But like, what happened when he when he faced the skull satyrs? Like the guy was like using his gang to beat him up, and then he was like grinding on like electric transformers on the train. Which, like you said, Wiley Coyote is like, I'm sure you'd be dead doing that, but what ifs? And ended up winning the game. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, basically, because this kid is slower than everyone. He's yeah. not as good and as And he's everyone. using, like, pretty bunk ATs at this point. Basically, he's... Well, that first battle, he stole the ATs from his roommates that somehow his feet fit into ones that yeah. the girls wore. But he's basically winning on gumption alone. Right, exactly. You know, it's that, like, classic protagonist. Like, he doesn't know how bad he should be. 
So that's like a tick in his confidence box. Right, right, right. You know? Exactly. And so he beats the Skull Saders by doing a simple dash. Um, he then uh, challenges another group um, because, as you said, Simka stole their emblem. And mm -hmm. just by simple of her, like, dumping it onto him, he fought right. this other group. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of them. They're like the dog group. It's like Rez Dog Boa or something like that. Um, Bo, Bo, yeah, like Boa Rez Dog. And the, yeah. leader, the leader has this like... Um, He's a pompadour. He has a pompadour, but only two people have ever had pompadours this epic. One is the leader of like Reza Boa here, not Raza Ghoul. Not Reza Boa. And the other one was do you remember growing up the animated Ghostbusters series? They gave Egon yes, a pompadour. That, that, and it was like circular too, like it like yes. twisted a corn yes. cob to get it every day. <laughs> yes. So I remember when I was in school because I had big glasses, people called me Egon. I don't, I don't know why, but everybody called me Egon. Like, I'm not, I don't have silver hair anymore. What a bare minimum likeness in <laughs> yes. which you give someone a nickname. Because I have glasses, it's okay. Like, it's like the first time you ever hang out with someone, you order a burger without pickles, and someone calls you pickles for the next 32 years. That's that's what it, that's what it ended up being. Um, but, yeah, by the way, I looked it up. It's Resboa Dogs. So the Resboa Dogs, they're actually um, – a little scary because he wears a, a Doberman dog head that kind of makes him look like like Egyptian god. Like an Anubis, um, yeah. Like he looks like an Anubis. But they are a very upstanding and... Um, honor-bound team, yeah. Honor-bound team. Yeah. Yes. But, but one thing to note is that you say like an Anubis, like Doberman head, right? Yes. He doesn't wear the head. He His head is where the neck of this dog is, and his pompadour is where the snout of the dog is. Oh, so, is that true? Yes. So his, <laughs> when you see the head of the dog, his neck, where the dog's neck is, is his head, and the top is where the pompadour it, goes. So it's like when you go to Disney World, Mickey's yeah. not looking through his eyes. He's looking through his mouth. Yes, he's looking through Mickey's mouth. And mouth, it's exactly that. And also, his, he's like a devastating attack where he headbutts you with his pompadour head. And, like, that's the thing. But that's another dash that he ended up winning, ended up getting Simka to give him a little puff puff and love and give him a kiss on the cheek. Um, right. So yeah. now she's starting to say, the more things, she's encouraging him, the more things you do, I'll give you a peck on the cheek. On this one, I think when he won, she took his head and shoved it in between her breasts. Yes. So this is the legendary anime trope known as puff puff. Have you heard of that before? I've not heard of puff puff. Puff Puff is was from Dragon Ball Z, and the old geezer who's kind of like a like a dirty perv would say, "Can I get a little Puff Puff?" And he would ask it all the time from the female characters until we found out what it is. Is that you stick your face and you motorboat the girl and you call that Puff Puff? So <laughs> that's what that is. So she gives him Puff Puff, and yep. and so he now wants to kind of like now he's realizing he's broke AF, and he also another weird thing that you learn is that the girls that monitor him that say don't do air trek are actually, like, from this legendary gang themselves called Sleeping Forest. And by using the emblem, he was, like, he was, like, basically betting Fort Knox every time he fought. Right. <laughs> and he didn't realize that. He was like, oh, the sticker. Well, that's another thing. They are the members of a semi-retired legendary right. crew. And they're 14. So, again, how they're... With the little the, girl being, I'm easily, like, do, 11 years old. Do you, do you remember the good old days when Sleeping Forest battled? Yeah, when was that? Oh, eight months ago? I don't know. Like, <laughs> last semester, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, dog tags from that time. 
Yeah, it's just a Tamagotchi. <laughs> did you have so, a Tamagotchi? I did. Uh, no, actually, so my family has this thing where they didn't mind buying me things, but they loved buying me, like, the back-end version of it. Mm-hmm. And I remember I had a, a Nano Pet. So I didn't have <laughs> I didn't have a Tamagotchi like everybody else. I had a Nano Pet. Like, I didn't get a, a Sega Genesis until I bought it myself. My mom gave me a ColecoVision. Like, that's right. that's the stuff that I would get. I'll always remember being, I, 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 I was like, mom, I don't care what I get. Get me a Game Boy mm-hmm. or get me a Game Gear. Either way, it doesn't matter. That's what I want. And so there I am for my birthday and I open it up and it's an effing Atari Lynx. And I'm like, <laughs> what is this? And my, my parents had no idea what they were doing. And they asked my brother and my brother looked it up and Atari Lynx had the best graphics. This was true. But if you don't have the game support, it's like it's like when when like, like you have this beautiful chessboard, but like the pieces are made out of like paper. Right. I I got to BMX bike and surf in USA <laughs> to my heart's content, but that was like the limit. Oh, and Paperboy. That and I bet like, like the amount of batteries you had to like burn through to play of like Oh my god, it my game like gear went through double A batteries and it was it was rectangular anyway. Right. So, it was. Yeah. It was. I. Had to, I honestly threw my Game Gear because we're going through nostalgia time. Time with this show. My Game Gear sucked through easily, like six AA batteries every two hours. Like that's how bad it was. I was like, God, this is awful. Yeah. Like the portability of this thing was terrible. But as we've learned, is that he's broke AF. He can't afford tr- parts. Like the girls don't want him to to do it. Although Ringo kind of supports him, so yeah. he decides he wants to go to parts work specifically just so he can get better wheels, get better, you know. Right, because that's a part of the culture is that there's a certain cachet to not just going out and buying parts, mm-hmm. uh, but to win them, earn them. Right, and then also like the point is like to go up the levels, right, so that you get get better stuff. So. He ends up bumping into another gang that uses his high school. Because, by the way, this is another thing that's really confusing. So, he's in a gang called the Eastside Guns. Well, he created it. He cre- Well, he apparently, like, you'll learn later in the show, is that, like, it's another, like, older kids group that, like, they graduated and gave it to them. And so, yeah. and he's called the baby face of the Eastside Guns. It's, right. it's confusing. But once they get into their team, their team's name isn't the Eastside Guns. There'll be something else. It's like, why do we go this far to like care about the name of the of the, of right. the team? Right. And they're like the day squad of the school, but then they find that another character named Buka runs the night, and he they're called the Yao, which is right. night night king. So I got a little confused by right. the Buka character. Right. Right. Okay? Yeah. So I got confused because when we're first introduced to him, Iki, in an effort to make money, is delivering food. Which is nice, because then you get to your hobby, but also make money on the side, so yeah. Right, so he's, he's delivering food, and he delivers food to, to um, Baku, was it? I think it was Buka, maybe, Buka, I don't to know. Buka, to Buka's house, and so this 14-year-old who's built like the aggro crag from the TV show Guts, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> he... He's sitting in this room that the closest thing I could like liken it to was in the movie Seven when they find uh, um, Glutton and he Glutton. Ate, ate the guy eat himself to death. Yeah. Oh, man. So that's what his apartment looked like because he just had like empty like tempura plastic containers everywhere. And he's like clearly giving him the evil eye and talking to him. You don't know how delicious your little crow is. It was very strange. Yeah, yeah. And... 
I swear to God, the next moment he runs into him in school and realizes he goes to school with him and he's being friendly and he's like sitting cross-legged on the roof sharing yeah. secrets with him. And then all of a sudden they're in a battle to the death. So I got really confused. Was yeah, he so a, a baddie, then good, then bad again? Yeah, so he was always kind of bad, but like, not not like bad. He's like, a, he's like an anti-hero kind of person. Like mm-hmm. he, he believes very strongly in like being free, right? Mm-hmm. His dad is like a Buddhist monk and like makes him do all this crazy stuff. And, right. and so he likes, he wants to keep doing air treks and he, he doesn't want anybody to keep him from doing his hobby. So by people going into his turf or, you know, he wants to elevate, he wants to keep doing the hobby. Like he wants to be the best. Mm-hmm. So he's nice, but like when someone's wearing air treks, he sees that as an affront to him or like an affront to his honor. Mm-hmm. So he then challenges that way. But all this is to say that, you know, Iki slaps the emblem on his thing and goes, I'm going to give you, I want another race, but he's an E-rank. So Buka is now an E-rank, which means that you now have to do what's called hurdles. Right. Means instead of just doing a straight race, you have to race with obstacles mm-hmm. and they have to race basically over the school buildings in order to get to the end. We don't have to go into the, the full details. Suffice to say, Iki wins and Buka joins his team essentially. And that's, right. and that's a good thing. One detail I'd like to go into right. is Buka is built like Buddha in that he... This more, didn't make any sense either. I know exactly where you're going with this. He more resembles um, Austin Powers' fat bastard than he does like uh, Vin Diesel. Right, right. And at the end of their race, he reaches this moment where they're like racing and they have to get to this goal. But because it's on Buka's turf, he got to pick the course. Yeah. And... He goes, you see how I picked this tunnel at the end of the course? Right. That's because it's perfectly sized for me. And Iki's like racing and he's like, um, I don't know if you noticed this, brah, but you're you're a little big for, for that hallway. Yeah. Buka like super saiyans up and gains like a 12 pack abdomen. Yeah. And and loses all his fat and like redistributes his body so okay. that he can make it. The explain, explainer to this is that Buka has an extra amount of blood pooled to his stomach, and all he has to do is like push the blood out of the way to get to his abs. I know this is what I this is what I'm saying when I say Oh Great is a mad is a crazy person because that's the reason for it. And I also my other favorite thing about that race before we go into further detail was he does this trick in like the best Japanglish I've ever heard in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Of a trick. It's called the to that grab, two fake spin, accelerator, Buka special, 1440. Yes. <laughs> like really Japanglish. So I'll play it like right now. So it was just like, it's just like, I don't know. It's, 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 it's just like a really rad show in that regard. It's just like a lot of like, you know, rollerblading battles, but I want to kind of dive a little bit more into the culture and like what you can look forward to as you go further for it. So yep. the next tier we have, uh, which you fight, they fight the team behemoth um, with is uh, a, a game called cube. So you would think like, is it a race in a cube? No, it's essentially like a battle Royale within like enclosed spaces where you mm-hmm. actually fist fight. So like all the idea of racing goes out the window to fist fight in this, cube, right. in these cubes. What, and, and you see in the previous episode that Iki's starting to like get uncomfortable with the idea of using ATs to fight. He wants a more pure enjoyment right. of his love. 
Yeah, yeah. And that's and that's kind of like the spirit of the show is that like the, this this culture like surrounds the world and it like takes it over, but Iki's right. like free. He's the free bird that can like accelerate above it. And that's right. kind of like the gist of the show. Um the C tier that you get is called air, which uh they kind of like race up platforms and the platforms randomly drop. Okay. And the last person standing wins. It's kind of like a, you know, like a like a wipeout show or like kind of contest. Um, then you get to a B tier activity called disc, which is basically kill the carrier, but only the disc keeper can attack anyone while everyone can only attack the disc carrier. Okay. And then finally the tier A is called balloon where you put like everybody's emblem. It's kind of like a ladder match, but you put the tier, the emblems on a balloon and you just like mm -hmm. float it out there and people have to like run and try to grab it. So it's cool because it like gives a little bit of, you know, difference to each uh, match. It doesn't get stale at that point. Blue, balloon or A tier would remind me of Sonic. Yes. <laughs> it goes, it's just like rings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, then uh, another thing that you, that's about this culture is that once a person wins, they either can elevate in rank, uh, they get their emblem, which devolves, dissolves the team, or and they can also get parts. But one of the things that you probably heard really quickly from Spitfire, one of the kings, and this is something we touch into in a second as well, is that uh, when, you're, when you get a style... It's defined in the show as a road, which means like it's a path for you to go down to get good at a specific style of AT. And like yes. so Spitfire's part of the flame road and people who are the best at that given style are called kings. See, this is what I'm talking about. Like it gets so specific for such like a weird concept that it's yeah. like really hard to follow in that regard. Um, and it's basically... And again, it's created this lore on a product that's probably been out less than a year. Right. It's, 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 it's exactly like how long is rollerblades? Like we've been doing rollerblades and no point was I thinking to myself like, I'm going to learn how to do the Ollie version of this and I'm going to call that Ollie Road and I'm going to become the king of that road. And it's just, it's so specific that I'm just like, I, I have trouble following that. Mm -hmm. as much, it's, it's like this show I powered through specifically just because I liked it so much and I thought it was right. unique enough but there were so many times where I just like lost my train of thought like I would finish a chapter and I'd go what did I read? I couldn't <laughs> tell also if you want, look at the manga art it's so complex what's on one panel you'll see like someone like jumping with their role like, like flames and dragons are behind them like motorcycles shooting gatling guns at each other like it right. gets so crazy that well, is they do that whenever Iki in the in the anime they do that whenever Iki gets like really excited like when he's gonna punch someone in his face right. it's like massive and like just, he does a lot a lot of cues a lot of weird things um another thing that you'll learn over the th time is that Iki becomes famous for having a really small wiener. So that's another thing. Oh. So this is the one time which the protagonist has a micropenis. <laughs> really? Yeah. Does he like, actually, so he, or is that just what he... No, so what happens is he, he does a battle with someone, and for some reason he loses his clothes in the battle. Um, oh, because one of the roads is people using their blades to, like, kick people, and it, like, cuts them. It's called Fan yeah. Road. And he fights that guy, and the guy cuts off his clothes, and he's like, ha-ha, I'm still standing. And then, like, the, the guy he's facing goes, wow, you're quite small. And then he goes, what? Am I small? And every single character goes, and he goes, <laughs> and he like, sinks into despair. That's a terrible thing. I don't like this show. I went from liking the show to not liking this show. But, he's, but that's the thing. He, doesn't, he deals with it, you know? He's a free bird, you know? So he's, get, he'd well, rather be really, free with the team really gonna, than be that's really gonna depress Simka because <laughs> if you if we circle back to her, so 
you're talking about these roads and these paths that you all right. have to go down and we're calling Iki like little bird. Well, Simka at first is like that. She's like that untouchable angel that he, mm-hmm. he can tease and flirt with, but he'll never get, but she sees the potential in him, but mm-hmm. she also comes across as like a big user. Right. So like if she can help him achieve greatness, she wants to be there with him. Right. But she'll also drop him at the drop of a hat. So like when he beat Buka, remember we talked about the escalating rewards. So right. kissed him on the cheek. She shoved his head in his boobs or in her boobs. Well, apparently to get closer to him, um, one of his sisters, Mikan, is like really into retro video games. Right. So without sort of revealing it to us, the viewer, mm-hmm. um, Simka had been coming over and playing these vintage video games that she had access to so that she could get access to Iki's house. Mm-hmm. And so when he beat Buka and he went up to his room to collapse, she was in there naked. And again, the show is, you said that, oh, great, made much of his like fame through Echi. The show does not skimp on the nipples. No, it does so, not. This is one of those. She's up there basically trying to reward him. and But you know that the moment he would ever lose she will turn her back on him. Right, and I think that's the kind of juxtaposition between the two um, love interests in the show, is Simka is pure freedom, while Ringo is pure loyalty. And, you know, while one's more flash and style, the other one's more more unique, and it's like, what... But also, she's kind of, she's all that, like, when she actually does, like, become all, like... Oh, I, at, I, I was already envisioning they were animating her in a way that the moment she pulls her hair thing out, removes her glasses, she'll be, like, you know, having on her. Yeah, exactly. And she is, so... <laughs> but another thing we're going to have to pause on um, as well is just the idea of the music and the style of the show. As we kind of hinted at before, the show is very early 2000s. Like, if 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 this song had, a oh, like, an original soundtrack, it'd be called uh, Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavor Water. It's that, like early 2000s rap rock baggy jeans style. So let's right, talk right. about that for a second. Um, because I got to say well, this. Well, considering the music you and I listened to growing up, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, did you like the theme song? Because I think that's the one thing I post on Instagram that like, I like to keep track of like theme songs that like I would actually listen to when I'm not watching the show. And the band Back On, who does Chain, yeah. this lead singles, was so good. And it really much reminded me I of I thought it was a part. legit rock song versus some of the other shows that we watched that... Uh, throw something so it's kind of like if you write a song for a soundtrack based on the movie there's a really good like think about every theme song that they ever wrote for james bond movies Mm because each james bond movie gets his own theme song right exactly the best ones the ones that like stand the test of time are the ones that don't need the movie to be a good song. Right, right. You know, like Live and Let Die, Paul McCartney. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a great song. And if he released it, if not tied to a Bond movie, it would still be a great song. Right, exactly. And this one, as I said, reminds me of Linkin Park because they have a rapper and a singer who also screams in the middle of the song. So a it's very much like... Chester Bennington, if you will. It's basically that, like, you know, R.I.P. Mr. Mr. Bennington, but um, it's... Yeah, it's very much that like, shut up when I'm talking to you, but it's like, it, like they do that kind of style. Um, I'm playing it right now so everybody can hear it. It's like a very like rap rocky, and they also did a theme song weirdly enough before, get this, I Shield 21, so. <laughs> it's another one. And think about like those lyrics, like I love Linkin Park. And right. 
And, but like when you go back and listen to like shut up when I'm talking right to you, right like, well that's like really violent lyrics like it, it's very much like you know how can we be edgy and this and this this is no different this kind of stuff there there was a guy that we grew up with who's two years older than us and he is a history teacher in school and I know for a fact that when he was 18 he got the reanimation logo tattooed mm. on his shoulder and I remember thinking the then I don't know if that's going to stand the test of time <laughs> It's like when Homer had the, what's it called, the uh, Starlight Vocal Band (laughs) (laughs) Afternoon Delight on his back. I saw um, another thing that, like, and also just, like, going into everything else that it's, like, it's just everything. Everyone's got baggy jeans. They're listening to, they're listening to headphones. Like, that's a cool thing. Um, The myth card is actually really cool, too. I love to, like, like, in between. I thought that was really rad. And then, but the ending was really wild because it's the first time I've seen, like, live action looking like a CKY, like, Tony Hawk skate reel. Where it's, like... I'm imagining it was just like a Japanese guy like running full speed down the street. It, it <laughs> kind of just... reminded me of like a real world intro or something. Yes, it's... Yeah. yeah, it's like, Whoa! San Francisco, Whoa! it's like that. But he was just like running down like the streets of like suburban Tokyo. Going like, star too high. Star too high. <laughs> that's, a, that's a visual, folks. So we'll look at our YouTube version for that joke. Um, so yeah, I thought the the... As I said, everything was like slick and cool. It did remind me of earlier days. But one thing that <laughs> I got to tell you, Garrett, is that unfortunately this anime doesn't give away a lot, including like how effing crazy it is. Right. Um, so what I want to do next is just explain to you some of the little points that are going to come up while you watch this show. Okay. Um, one of the air checks you're going to find out is a full bodysuit. <laughs> so imagine like a rollerblade that's also like, a suit you can't take off. It's, like, Iron Man stuff. Yeah, RoboCop on rollerblades. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it eventually, like, an ultimate move is that it can connect to a mech warrior. <laughs> so, this is a hobby, mind you. This is rollerblading. It wouldn't be anime if there wasn't boss battles and leveling up. Exactly. <laughs> and then, so that's, and that's not even the craziest thing that you'll find. The second thing that you notice is that, um, uh, <laughs> Um, at some point, we find out that many of the characters are actually genetically modified to be okay. good at 18s and have essentially been trained their entire lives by falling perpetually. They're called gravity children. And so imagine they spent their entire lives just like falling. <laughs> just How does that train you? I don't I guess you can keep doing tricks and spins and stuff like that. Well, like that was one thing by the way and I wouldn't be surprised if Simka ends up being one of the gravity children. Right, right. And I say this because okay. Suspension of disbelief. Here's what I'll right. allow. Motorized rollerblades. Cool. <laughs> being able to do tricks. Awesome. Skating up a flagpole. Fine. You have your motorized wheels creating friction, climbing mm-hmm. a flagpole. Right. The one thing I hated was in the first episode or two when he's watching Simka like fly over the city. Yeah. Is that she would double and triple jump. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is she would fly and do like a move in order to do another move. Mm-hmm. Physics dictates that she must hit a surface, bounce off it and do another move, but she could bounce throughout the yeah. air without actually touching anything. And it reminded me of video video games, whether they would allow you to Tony double, Hawk. 
we'll jump or not, you know? Yeah, like Tony Hawk, like you'd be starting doing one thing, but then you like stop mids thing and do the opposite direction, doing a different trick. Like, do right, right, right. That's not how momentum that's works. That's not how momentum works. You're absolutely true. Um, and weirdly enough, that's not the weirdest thing in the show. I, I had to save the weirdest thing. So Garrett, I'm going to send you something in the chat mm-hmm. um, that you're going to just be like, what? Um, so just give me, I'm going to, I'm probably pause here. All right, Garrett. So I just sent you a, a picture. Um, okay. It probably gives you an idea, but I want you to open it. Let me know when you do. <laughs> Obama is an air <laughs> John Omaha? His name is John Omaha. And there's an arc in which he switches bodies with a Japanese schoolgirl, one of the girlfriends of like one of the other guys. And he's very much like, there's this one panel I wish I could find where he's like, it's a full picture of him like really wide and going like, yes, we can. And I'm like, Japan, you don't effing get it. And weirdly enough, that's not the weirdest Obama I've seen in anime. <laughs> there's another show that I want to show you called Gamblefish. It's very much like Kakigurui about mm-hmm. like a gambling high school. But it's like crazier. And the end there, ending, there's a final like tournament. And it's like, who could buy into this secret tournament to, you know, to control wealth and stuff like that? All of a sudden, Obama comes in on a motorcycle and like does like a, does, like, a spin wheel with another character and they're pointing guns at each other. They're like, and he's shooting like an Uzi at the final boss. Roulette match, Garrett. This is one of the things that's like, Obama is, is, is a nice guy. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine he would do that. I can't imagine he would switch bodies with a Japanese girl. It's just like, whenever I see Obama, I'm like, what? <laughs> but they have just this weird fascination. Why, why the desperate need for a cultural reference like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so finally, the last thing that we do, uh, well, one other thing that we like to do with the shows is like, whenever there's something that gives a scientific explanation for things, mm-hmm. I like to check it with you, Garrett, to see if... Um, if it's uh, true or not, or how, how BS you sure, think it is. Sure, sure. We're going to do the air trick, trek, tricks, BS game. Okay. Um, and so I'm going to list some of the tricks that you can do with an AT. And then you're going to tell me whether it's, oh, great, or, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Have at it. All right, Garrett. So you ready to play? So the, the yeah, only yeah, got yeah. two answers. This is... Oh, great, which means it's this absolutely could happen. Physics, you know, dictate mm-hmm. this. You know, Einstein would be happy with this. Or, oh, no, this thing is anime BS. So the fr- we told you about roads. Uh, the first road that you get is Iki's Road, which is called the Wind Road. And it's said to be the purest and closest to the sky. It's broken down into several levels. The first is that uh, the rider runs a low-pressure current by breaking the sound barrier. The rider may also be able to dissipate impact forces through that, and ride on the low pressure force. So basically, he creates a sonic boom by going fast and then rides it like an air current. Okay. Is that, oh, great, or oh, no? Oh, no. (laughs) One, there's no way just the human form on wheels could reach sonic boom. Two, you cannot ride a sonic boom. A sonic boom... Unless you're Guile and, did, and are following up a crescent kick after. A sonic boom is a noise created by breaking the sound barrier at a speed that you're already doing. Like, the bo- you can't ride the boom. <laughs> the 
the, the sound, the sonic happens. boom would be well behind you by the time you were done making it. The boom happens and it's over. <laughs> yeah. It's like the Sopranos. It's over. Garrett, I'm going to sense a theme with this because that's the lightest one I have. <laughs> <laughs> so the second one is called The Fang Road. Uh, nicknamed Fang because of its slice characteristics. Uh, it, it, the bloody road is literally carved into the flesh of one's adversary. Uh, it's the practice of abrupt acceleration and deceleration to gain inertial energy, which exerts uh, tremendous pressure on the thigh muscles, but getting hit by a fang is felt as if someone exploded on front of your body. Um, and so basically the idea is that you put your wheel on someone and you turn it on really fast and then you stop. And that gives you like basically a rad Indian burn essentially. <laughs> So, Garrett, is that oh great or oh no? Wait, so is the issue that you basically beat someone by giving them an Indian burn? Oh, yeah, basically you put the wheel and I go, yeah! and that's, that's, that's the fang road. So, so I don't necessarily agree with the whole stop, go, stop, go. Right. Uh, but the idea that you could beat someone by giving them serious Indian burn, yeah, that's a bitch. Like, absolutely. I'll give that no great. You're going to give that no great? Sounds yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, do you want an Indian burn? But I just feel like, the ability to stabilize yourself while doing that would be insane. Like, to, you would have to maintain pressure to get make that work. And imagine, like, you, that makes me like I have to stand on one foot and hold that against your skin. I don't know. I feel like that would be really difficult for me. But I'm okay with that being maybe the only oh great we have in this. In this okay. Story. The next one we have is called the Flame Road, which you kind of got a piece of before. It's similar to the Wind Ring Road in that both wind and fire are said to be free. The first is the generation of heat via friction. This can both do things like bend light, create updrafts, which help lift you, and create heat mirages. But the biggest thing is that it creates fire from the amount of friction caused by your wheels. Is this, Garrett, oh great or oh no? Oh no. <laughs> I mean, friction creates fire, but I think you'd light you your fuel? shoes on fire. You also need fuel, and you need, and you need oxygen, and like, it just... Pretty much forgets the whole idea of how fire works. In order for the flame road to work, you need someone on your left constantly like blowing on <laughs> yeah, your, yeah, like, and someone on your right is throwing like off. straw cinders. Like that person is the is the fluffer road. <laughs> and then there's someone who rides in front of you with a bellow, and just like this is my partner's fluffer and bellow road. <laughs> <laughs> So is that an oh great or a no no? You said oh no, That's right? That's an oh no. All right, now we're going to get into specific stuff, not just roads. This is where it gets really wild. So the next piece is that there's a character called the Aeon Clock, and he's part of um, he's part of Behemoth, one of the the D ranked groups. Is he, is he brother of Flux? <laughs> yes, that's another thing. I was like Aeon Aeon Clock. That's weird. Um, but his sex signature check technique is called Time, or O Time is another thing that he calls it. Um, it's, uh, it's manipulates light to, it kind of uses the heat like you would from the flame road, but it makes him invisible by giving the illusion of controlling time. Um, and it makes the brain, basically what happens is that the victim's brain is using its resources to solely process the vision of you moving. So it makes it look like you disappear altogether. Like it's, I, I'm having trouble explaining the science. Is this oh great or oh no, Garrett? Where you can illusionary stop time or, or make it look like you disappear. Because... I'm, I'm going to give it an oh great because it's confused us both so much that we lost. 
imagine like that's not really the trick. The trick is like explaining it so much that we're like, oh god, what is he gonna do? And he just like just like runs up and punches us in the face. The next move is called Infinite Stratum, and this is where a person forces grains of sand into the ground and causes it to rise, which allows it to create a tornado to interact with the sand. Um, How did you create the wind to create the tornado? The same thing like you would with the wind and the wing, and the it's the spinning of the wheels and the moving and all that stuff. So is this an oh great or an oh no? No. <laughs> See, Garrett, this is like, this is what I'm talking about, like, I'm explaining this to you. Imagine reading this while a girl is like jiggling in front of you at the yeah. same time. It's like, it's like having a hot teacher in, in, in physics class. It's yeah. just, you're not going to be able to pay attention. And speaking of hot women, the last one is by far the most befuddling. And I wish I could explain it. There's another character named uh, Rio, who's like the only girl of behemoth. And uh, what she does is she strips down to her underwear and does an alluring dance that because of her perspiration starts to reveal tattoos and the pattern on the tattoos hypnotizes people causing them to kind of freeze in place and it's called the gorgon block um, why why would the dance alone not be enough to make people freeze i i mean oh great adds so much detail i'm like it, it, it's oh great <laughs> Garrett's like good for me for which and i wanted i just want to circle back and this uh, I apologize if this is like too, too out of order, but you just sort of reminded me because you said like a hot for teacher moment. Yeah. There was an, in, now, there was an insanely awkward moment with a teacher mm-hmm. in this episode, in the series. Oh yeah. Oh God. We, we can't not talk about her. Oh right. my God. She's the so, best. So there's this teacher in front of the class and she's, she's explaining everyone to the lesson and she makes like a very dad-esque joke, like a very right. lame joke, trying to be funny like any good teacher would. And she looks out and she sees Iki like giving her the death stare. Now, in actuality, he's not giving her a death stare. He's looking above her and he's mad because he sees the Yao's emblem yeah. on the classroom. But she thinks that she's failed and she goes, oh, no, no. Oh, oh, I can't believe it. I shouldn't be a teacher. I'm such a bitch and a whore. Someone should just pound me hard. And you're like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she she what? goes from like she goes from like zero to what sixty nine in a matter of seconds. And, and and you in five episodes, that's her only scene. Yeah, and you get to one later where she's like, "Oh, thank you for this popsicle," and she fillets it, and she gives like Poppy a run for her money. You know, she fillets <laughs> the popsicle. I was like, "Whoa, she's she's a trip," and you only got to see her once. So, Garrett, trust me, she's quite a character. But okay. um, you know, we're gonna do what we do with every show. Uh, I ask you the main two questions. The first one was, "Would you keep watching this show?" Uh, before we go to the Weeb and News Store, would you keep watching? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a fun show. Like, if you don't, like, if you, it's like everything else in that if you don't take it too seriously, it's actually, like, a lot of fun to just get through the, the thrill mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, plus we, we haven't seen much rollerblading. So. <laughs> yeah, seriously. There's, we're in we're a, a, a drought of, of rollerblading-based yeah. anime. Um, so I, and I want to tell you that I read it. It gets way confusing very quickly. But this anime only has two seasons, so I don't think it'll ever get there. In mm-hmm. terms of like what the seasons do, it might fly through it, and you might not right. get any Obama scenes. But I will tell you that it's it's like for me as a weeb, I would say this: if you can pay attention to it, it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. If you have trouble looking at like very distracting art that's very hard to follow, mm-hmm. explanations of things that make no sense, but you can just love it for the romp that it is. Mm-hmm. Read it, love it, enjoy it, watch the anime. It's also a really cool timepiece for for what it is. So. Okay. Um, 
Let's go to the what we do next. It's called the Weeb and Noob score. The Weeb and Noob score essentially doesn't mean if the show's good or not because Garen and I both talked about how we would watch it again. It's basically a, a way of saying like priority. How would you rank it in terms of the stuff that we've seen, things that are like it? How soon should you watch it versus others? A higher score means go out, watch it now. Low score means like you can put it away for a second. So um, I'm going to start with you this time, Garrett. Um, what would you give it for your noob score for a new fan? What would you say? I'd give it a solid seven and a half. That's not uh, bad. It's got a, it's got a, if you've ever liked rock music, it's got a rockin' soundtrack. Okay. Great soundtrack. Uh, if, if you like um, the objectification of women, it's got a little bit of that. Uh, no, but if, if you, if you just like action and competition and moving the storyline and it's not romantically, I mean, there's romance. It's very classic in that the, you pine for what you can't have when what you really should have is right in front of you. Right. Um, it's got a lot of good components. I think it executes well. So I give it a very strong seven and a half. Right. Um, I'm not going to bogart you, so I'm going to give it a little bit more. I'm going to say eight for those that like, uh, it's so unique. I would say just by its uniqueness alone is make, worth making it a watch. Like it's funny. It's like, you're not going to get a style like this at all. The ridiculous explanations they do for everything is crazy. And any anime in which they try to make Obama switch bodies with a girl, is worth anybody's watch. Right. Sooner rather than later, my opinion. So 8.0 for me, it's a solid number. Please, you know, it, you know, it's not like, you know, it's, it's like if you're in the mood for something different, right? Mm -hmm. You're like, this time I want something different and crazy and unique. This is one of those. And I, and, and you won't be disappointed watching it. So as we reach our final uh, trick and we've already, uh, you know, ended our dash, it's uh, always important to hear your thoughts. How old were you when you were exposed to a 2002 classic like Ear Gear? Did you like it for its weird edginess or its violence or its sports effect? Or did you find that it was just too much, too distracting, too much at all at one time? Please let us know in the comments below because we really want people to discuss this show, especially one that holds such a like a good historic part in my heart like this one does, and to just applaud O-Grade for being a crazy person. Um, you can follow us on all of our social media, specifically on Twitter at Meep underscore Noob. And you can find us on Instagram at Wanwa Podcast. You can also find us on anywhere your podcast is found. Make sure you give us a five, five, five-star review. It helps people watch our show, and it really would help us out a lot, especially a small show like ours. Uh, but before we close the chapter on this wild ride that is Air Gear Garrett, what are your final thoughts? I would really like to see an anime uh, based around like the protectors of the uh, the protectors of the Constitution, led by John Omaha, Donald Begin, Jiminy Larder, yeah, Willie, not like famous Will historical Bin presidents. Will Binton, like not famous historical presidents. We're talking like once in the past twenty years. That's the ones that we want. Yeah. <laughs> and, and instead of like flying in like a uh, uh, like the X Men like uh, aircraft, they just yeah. like, <laughs> so we're going to be strapping on our ATs, going on our dash, going off the parts war, touching Simka's bum. All in all, to wish you all fantastic. See you next week. Take care, y'all.
five, six, seven, eight. Yo, yo, yo! Boxing World Round 216! Two, 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 two